Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather. It's more political discussion that to the uninitiated, blah de blah, screaming and crying. Inoki, his I... name was Inoki. <laughs> I remembered it straight after. Antonio Inoki, that's his name. He has the best chin and reaction reviews. <laughs> We're committed to uh, complete accuracy, even if that it resolves itself by answering questions that we couldn't work out last week. <laughs> This week. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm the answer Adam. to the rest of the problems is capitalism. <laughs> Short podcast. It is. Done. Oh, I've no. solved. I've See you solved. later. <laughs> the world's first left-wing podcast that ends within five seconds. It's like, <laughs> oh, all the world's problems. What's what's the problem? Capitalism is the root of all. Be a good, be a good, uh, concept, like, be a good conceptual podcast. I think like everyone's got their kind of free-form, early days of newspapers kind of think-piece uh, stuff going on. We just do full, conceptual, free-thought, uh, which amounts to one-thought uh, podcasting, which is just a thousand episodes each day of just saying, the answer is capitalism. Good night. <laughs> Not even good night. Just, it just ends. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm Adam. I'm here with you. Hello. And we're here to talk about what happened this week in the election. <laughs> Turning into the Wheel of Time trilogy, trilogy it's like series. Fifteen books. Um, I gave up of an election. Yeah, you gave up on the Wheel of Time. Yes, I did. No, I can't give up on this you. election. <laughs> um, I once got a Christmas present of one of the Wheel of Time books, book seven. Uh, on its own. It's because your family have a very low, a very low <laughs> opinion of you. <laughs> They'd assume that you'd be about halfway through. You've got to look at it. They just you. naturally assume be age fifteen. Of course, you've read the first six I think books seven of the Wheel of was, Time. Seven was. Was pretty grueling. I tried it, and it's like I don't know who any of these people. Oh, there's a thousand are, characters, and no, no one fantasy. does anything. Oh, it's bullshit fantasy. Is oh, it's the worst one. <laughs> I, I really hated that series. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So this week, um, Theresa May got shouted at some people. Yep, in the street uh, because she dared to talk to them, <laughs> <laughs> and then they told her their opinion of her, which is pretty low. It turns out if you have any disadvantage in life whatsoever you're not too pleased with the Tories no because they've been pretty horrible to you for a while now <laughs> um, most important thing today um, we were going to talk about the draft manifesto but we can actually replace it with the real one because yep. that, the la- real Labour manifesto tax which, and uh, spend tax and spend <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> it's the last registered Democrat <laughs> well um, I saw that was Laura Koonsberg's summation of it yeah <laughs> more, more taxing more spending more borrowing yeah there was already an, uh, there was an article in the Guardian ready to go yeah. Like within about an hour of the manifesto coming out, that was um, talking about um, the the like labour t- turning into tax and spend, tax and spend. Um, it's a good manifesto. It's not too bad. I, I say, like I've got a few. There's a few things there that are um, like that. Obviously, he's had to maybe go against his instincts mm. or what he would normally choose for sake of party unity of pleasing the uh, pleasing the right, pleasing Keir Starmer. Well, yeah, but we knew you that... You can't was, please that man because we, he's incapable of emotions. We knew that was the case. One thing I was going to talk about, like, I think somebody mentioned this on Twitter, in the draft manifesto anyway, there was um, the... Uh, it wasn't even a policy, it just was... We understand that a lot of elderly people feel very alone and we want to kind of try and remedy this. And it was like, oh, yeah, um, um, they, really... that, I think that'll be coming out later because I heard them yeah. talking about that before. It was like... Basically, it was like funding for pubs and local uh, community centres and yeah, things, things like, like that. that. Like putting back what was stolen. Yes, is that I like to think of it like that. Yeah, and in that sense, it's kind of not exactly what you would want as a as a kind of hard left socialist. It's mm. not necessarily what you would want. Somebody pointed out today, 
oh, breathlessly kind of tweeting, don't you understand Jeremy Corbyn's manifesto? It's not Marxism, it's Keynesianism. And it's like, yeah, yeah of course it is. They're a fucking Keynesian party. The left of the, of the late of Labour, if it was ever not Keynesian, is by now atrophied into Keynesianism. Yeah. They're not Posadists. Yeah. Who I've been been reading <laughs> up on a lot. I've night about reading about Posadists. Yeah, now I am a Posadist. Yeah. I, be- I, I think that we should have another nuclear war. And a new revolution we've been born out of the nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> I, for one, will side with the gay boy berserkers and the smegma crazies. <laughs> if you don't know, Posadists were um, a small... Well, they're small now. Um, Very small now. They um, split off from the Fourth International um, in the 50s um, because of their support for nuclear war. Yeah, and then in the 60s... Not they a particular really... side. The concept of nuclear war. Yeah, it's just like supporting the concept of war. <laughs> Slowly kind of going into, um, well, other planets have socialism. Well, then in the 60s, they got really into drugs and new age stuff. And it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I have never seen so many dream catchers. <laughs> and that's just the men. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's a the manifesto is it's is, a good manifesto for a democratic in a democratic society. It's a left of center liberal what what you maybe used to be a liberal thing. It's yeah. and there's been a lot of um comparisons with uh the 1983 manifesto, what was called the longest suicide note in history. And, they, and we saw all the journalists who were so happy to oh say and this God. one's even longer. Yeah. Cause it's like, look, I did it. I did a funny. Yeah, they had that written up since their A-level um, politics lessons. What I like is that they read the front cover but didn't read the actual 1983 manifesto, which I did, in which they promise an exit from the European Union, <laughs> discussions over a minimum wage, um, <laughs> clearly completely outrageous, Disgusting crazy concepts. opinions that you would never see now. No, definitely not. Never see now. But they've, they've got their tuition fees... Bye bye tuition fees. Yep, tuition which, fees um, will be uh, will be funded. Yep, which is good. Yep. Um, the who they're going to tax? I like who they're going to tax. Yep. So just looking at it here, top five percent of earners, uh, so, those on more than eighty thousand a year, will have a forty five p rate of income tax, and there'll be a fifty percent rate on earnings above one hundred twenty three thousand pounds. Um, and they won't increase VAT rates or national insurance. And they're going to raise um, corporation tax. Yeah. Well, they're going to cancel the cut. Yeah. And it will, even after that, it will still be lower than like the US and Japan. It'll be lower than Japan, Germany, and some states in America. Yeah. Um, like California. Hmm. And there were people talking about brain drain on the internet and on the radio. <laughs> it's like, yeah, San Francisco has got real brain drain, doesn't it? <laughs> to be fair, I don't have that high an opinion of coders, but still, they haven't left. <laughs> the Guardian, as they are wont to do, immediately had a, prepara- uh, a preparatory note, an analysis um, from the Institute for Fiscal Studies. They're paid for by Tories, aren't they? Uh, they're not too far from them, certainly. Um, it said, um, recent evidence from the imposition of a 50p rate in 2010 shows that the measure could spark mass avoidance by the individuals affected and raise no extra funds for the exchequer. So their thing is, people won't pay 50p above 123,000. And I think at one point that might have been true. I, I, I don't... I think at the same time it's amazing because like, obviously there's the, the crowd of like, oh, £80,000 isn't that much, 123. It doesn't go that far, especially in London, because of course they're, they're the ones they don't who have... 
They have no concept of how to live within their means. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That's, that's what it is. They like, bought that second flat screen TV. <laughs> they keep going to Costa. They insist on having takeaway meals. Why can't they just live within their means? <laughs> but it's weird because it's it's at the same time it's it's not enough to live on, and yet. These people will also, if they're taxed too heavily, they'll just up and leave. They'll move to another country, like yeah. it's definitely affordable for them to do because they're barely managing in London. Yeah. Well, the thing is that will be weird to see if, Labour, say, if Labour won and yeah. they put in these new tax laws. Yeah. If a load of people leave, then they probably will be leaving because of Brexit and like the bank, those banking things moving. They're anyway. people who move anyway. Yeah. Like there is, also, there, there's a lot of them that aren't going to move. Like it happened before when HSBC, yeah. HSBC tried to move everyone, mm. and then they went no because all our kids are in private school here. Yeah, and that's what will happen. Yeah, but yeah, these these people they'll pay the tax, and if they don't pay the tax, then go after them. Yeah, just you can punish people for not paying their taxes. I think I could see like a uh, uh, an upper middle class family they're not going to relocate because they don't have anywhere to go. There mm. are like there is a I think we've been kind of bombarded with images of the super rich and we've especially since the recession those kind of programs of inter- it's there's the interior decorating ones there's the kids going to private rich school kids ones. of Instagram. Yeah, the rich kids of Instagram that kind of thing. We've been bombarded so that we think that well they're worth like 16 million pounds. Mm. So eighty thousand pounds a year isn't that much. It by it puts you in the top five percent of earners, and at the same time, I think it is true they're not they're not going to because they don't have like where are they going to move to? Hmm. Where are they going to move to that has that same? They're still locked into that job hmm. that pays you eighty thousand. I think when you get like above a hundred thousand, maybe that changes in that you're kind of um, like top levels of management, like hmm. the proper eight what demographers would call like the a mm. the a class people and i think they might move they possibly have the means to move to other countries you but can't Germany's got higher tax than us anyway that's where the banking people will move to anyway because yeah. it'll be like they'll probably try and do it in frankfurt because it won't be in fucking well, because paris. they go they go where the institutions are yeah. it won't be paris like there's a there's they're not the world is not their oyster they've pretended that the world is their oyster but it's not they still operate in spatial terms. Yeah. And especially around that barrier, that you're not just talking about kind of people who can commute in to things. They're people who have to attend meetings. Like, I mean, the only... This is seriously... My family's in the NHS, so the only thing... The only people that I've ever even seen who earn that amount of money who I actually would know their names are like the top people in the NHS, like the top mm. um, directors of finance and things like that. Mm. Um, and they're... They could move somewhere else, but they're not going to because their skills are very specifically in this country. Yeah, you know they're going to move to. They might move to another company, but they're not going to move and move continents or anything. Because the idea that there's, you know, that people won't pay that amount of tax, it's all stemmed in like the, yeah. they'll they'll bring up the Laffer curve, mm. which, if you don't know, is it's a graph mm. that idiots use to justify not having high taxes. Because it's like a bell curve, mm. and it says that if you pay, if you insist on, if you have a higher rate of taxation, you know they're going to pay less. They'll mm. find ways to avoid it, yeah. and they base this curve on a load of people's rates of taxation in different countries. And when you look yeah. at the actual the actual results plotted on a graph, mm. it doesn't look like the Laffer curve. It looks like a yeah. mess because it doesn't. It's not actually based on anything other than yeah. ideology. Yeah, they'll pay it because people like living in London. 
Yeah, but also it's a it's a comparative thing that the Laffer curve doesn't work, which, as you mentioned, Germany has a higher rate of income tax. Yeah. So they're not they're not going to move to anywhere. Also, this rate of tax, the rate of corporation tax, it's the same as it was under Thatcher for I think the first nine years of oh. Thatcher's regime. Yeah, that's the only word <laughs> yeah. for it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and the so it oh fuck off. Pay your yeah. taxes, you lazy cunts. But it's just it's that it's I am I am actually quite positive that that's the thing that they've come out with because finally we had kind of moved on in political discourse there was kind of this unwritten acceptance among media and political elites mm. that the discussion we were having was not low tax or high tax but low tax and then how to kind of fill in the gaps yeah. and at least this puts high tax um, a, a social democratic state back on the agenda yeah. again I don't think it's for me for my personal thing it's not the end of it no. but it's a fucking like chink it's mm. a chink in the armour Hmm. And I haven't seen that in my lifetime. No, no. I was going to say, like, it's the first time I think I'm going to vote Labour without holding your nose. Without, yeah, without feeling shitty about it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's the first time. I mean, um, I know you vote for your MP, and usually that's that's how you get. That's how I get through it anyway. I see if my MP's any good. When did you last have a good MP? Uh, Rosina Ali Khan in Tooting's quite good. Yeah, she wasn't really your MP. You've had her for like a little. I've bit. had her she for a little bit. Much. I've only been in Tooting for a little yeah, bit. Before then, it was. Um, uh, thingy in uh, Hounslow, um, someone Mahmood, I think, um, and she's okay, despite having been a Price Waterhouse Cooper. But apparently, she's drawing up the uh, the tax avoidance um, uh, like regulations, how she's going to go after them. So, mm. well, we'll see how that. Well, I saw works Rachel out, Reeves was saying that she was always in favour of um, taxing the, the city. Poacher turned like, gamekeeper kind of thing. Mm, I don't believe like it. Never believe them. Well, Never that's, believe the, I mean, that's that's the big problem. Yeah. I mean, the, the credibility gap, the what the credibility gap that they're not properly addressing is not the fact that they trust Theresa May or they think Theresa May has more credibility. It's that no one has any credibility. Mm. So when you come across people, I think you mentioned this. You heard that um, people going up to uh, people in a town in the in that radio interview in the town and asking about. Um, Oh, it was the uh, in Dagenham? Wasn't it was it? Um, yeah. on BBC earlier today. They were talking to just three random people from Dagenham. They mm. seem to be like three Tories from Dagenham. They were very yeah. much Tories, but yeah, they just said, "Oh, I don't believe anyone." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's that kind of thing that you're you're gonna you're gonna come across, and it's like that it's not just that they don't believe politicians; they don't believe the newspapers either. Mm. They'll buy the newspapers and they'll consume whatever they want out of it, but they won't. It won't stick with them. No, they just they're just kind of floating in. They hate an immigrant stuff. Oh, stick with I mean, them. oh well, that will that will stay with them, but the, the anecdotal stuff will stay with them. So, like, did you see in the paper the other day? There's someone yeah. with fifteen kids who's got three council houses bulldozed into one, and it's it's that kind of thing. Mm. And that's the kind of thing you have to overcome. I think they're they're fucking playing with fire when they talk about Corbyn being not credible because what they've, well, they've um, what they've overlooked is the fact that they're not credible either. Well, I noticed on the news today they've sort because of, I watched the BBC News and I watched Channel Four mm. News today. It was a fucking boring <laughs> evening, but um, they seem to have changed their tactic now with Corbyn. Mm. That now they like people. There were people saying that he's just normal. He's relatable and yeah. he's just a normal guy there's like ah oh, don't you want someone more than that yeah like now he's like he's too normal <laughs> because that was that but it, i mean it's it's naked in kind of how how two-faced it is because mm. that's all they fucking talked about with Miliband backwards it's all they talked about with george bush when he was elected yeah it was oh you you know tony blair as well 
you'd like to have a beer with him. But he seems, he seems, you know, yeah, he seems that cultural pivot where how you got, how you thought you would get on if you ever met them, mm. was more important than their political and their political kind of stances on things yeah. because people have been depoliticized. I think if Corbyn loses, that will be a a major factor, and a lot of these media people don't understand that they're coming for them. Mm. As well, it will just it will just drive that into the ground, you know. So what else are they? Oh, um, what was the other so thing? They the were other we're going to change the um, um, council so, tax. So oh yeah, that was quite an interesting one actually. Yeah. There's a throwaway line at the end of the tax uh, bit of it hmm. that let me get it up here. Um, a promised review of council tax and business rates and new options for local government funding, including a land value tax, are also likely to increase the t- <laughs> also likely to increase the tax burden. But, well, that's the Inter- Institute for Fiscal Studies words. Yeah. But, this, I mean, I'm kind of in favour, broadly, of having some kind of grasping familiarity with a land, land value tax. Mm. It's a really old idea. It's like, was proposed in like the 1700s. Like, Adam Smith proposed it originally and said it was, because it's a progressive tax, because mm. it taxes um, the land's rental value rather than the property on it. So, yeah. be, so it will be paying tax based on the land that you own. And of course, nobody owns... Nobody gets rental income from land, so mm. it will be more on who owns the land, and it will yeah. be like one or two percent on so it. That'd be uh, like I think I've got the freehold rather than leasehold. So, so you will probably pay about one percent of the value of the of the leasehold, which is will not amount to that much, but will be a much fairer way yeah, of definitely. distributing that rather than based on the house or the area that you're in, because yeah. it's a like council tax is fucking hated. Yeah, it's horrible. It's been accepted over the, over the years, yeah. but it, I remember when I, when we were going through um, when I was having a hard time in in Birmingham trying to make things meet. They had two. I went to a debt advisor, and they had two um, things that you had priority over all the other debts. Yeah, which was rent. Yeah, and council tax yeah. were the two things you had to prioritize over everything else. Yeah. I, like that's fucking disgusting. It's well, disgusting that it gets to that level. If they don't have that money, they can't hire a company to tell you where your bits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Can> you imagine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's all right. Um, so the ta- the taxations thing seems absolutely fair. And the best thing about it is absolutely like, say, fair. Okay, say at the moment Holly's got a series that may or may not happen. Yeah. It's been here before, but, you know, that's what happens in TV. But if it does happen, there's a chance to maybe even get to that 80,000 bracket. And the thing is, if we were being taxed on it, we'd just be saving it up for Lily's university anyway. Yeah. So, so also, what I'd much rather is, instead of saving up for to pay for my kids to go to university, is for all of the kids to go to university. Yes. So I'm not an arsehole. Hmm. Um... But it, yeah, it provides that kind of. It also provides that kind of um, breathing, like that the kind of breathing room which mm. we've been lacking for the last, probably since the financial crisis. There's a yeah. definite feel that everything kind of gets a bit more intense. Everything's a bit more competitive, mm. and it it doesn't work in getting any better outcome for your education or for your like council funding or for your like local area. None of that seems to be a thing. It just makes it more stressful. Mm. And if you could just palm that off. And actually have that covered. That's that's part of that's the beginning. Financially, it's a smart thing to do as well because at the moment we're building up another de- massive debt bubble that's yeah. not going to be paid off mm. because there's a lot of people who are not going to be able to pay off their tuition mm. fees, and those debts are just going to be sold around and sold around and sold around, and then yeah. in, like they're going to end up in the hands of in, like um be pension new, funds. It'll be new feudalism. Yeah, in that you'll be enslaved to your debt. 
Like you will, you will be surfed, hmm. surfed again. Like it's, Duh. but um, hmm. but yeah. So that's a good thing too. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a tax on derivatives trading and other exotic yeah. trading areas. Oh yeah, there's Robinhood tax. Um, I hate the name because it's. I mean, I like the name, but I think it's dumb that they keep referring it to it as that because it should be the way it is. Yeah. If there's that, it's that kind of thing where like. Oh, where where is the money going to come from? How they were doing this actually? They were they're they're obsessed with um, costing the uh, the Labour Party. Yeah, proposals. also than any any Conservative proposals because well, their manifesto hasn't come out yet. But also the Conservatives, they just say things like growing the economy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they just say working your way out. We can't afford to. It's, it's nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they've the media are kind of trying to enforce this um, again. They're they're. They're trying to be the gatekeepers rather than reporting. They're trying to be the gatekeepers to legitimacy. Yeah. In that they're trying to um, pin people down, pin the Labour Party down on costings. So they want every, where's the money for this coming from? Where's mm. the money for this coming from? Despite the fact that actually it's a it's it is purely a political choice. Yeah. Government debt is not a thing. Especially when you have oh. your own currency, you borrow the money from debt leveraged. By the like by the government, yeah, it's a the government puts out obnoxious there. thing. The there is no such thing as the magic money tree, mm. and there is. It's the print. We literally print our own. Yeah. We can print our own money, yeah. and there is a money tree like, that we can shake. They're really big buildings down around Canary Wharf <laughs> that you could just shake. <laughs> I want that to be the next big Canary Wharf project. Just a giant <laughs> glass and steel tree with money <laughs> hanging off it. The, the constantly <laughs> out of the reach. Actually, it'll be like um. Because, oh, I can't remember the name of the area, but around around that bit of London, like there's Dockers. a lot of, yeah, like, um, there's a lot of, like, very, like, quite very poor parts of London, mm. like, um, Silvertown and Canning Town and all that kind of bit. Yeah. But there's, I can't remember exactly which station it is on the DLR, but I remember when one of the buildings is being built, literally watching it as I'd go through every day, and eventually it blocks out the sun. <laughs> And now it's finished. It blocks out the sun for a good couple of hours a day. <laughs> so yeah, they'll build a giant money tree. And the money is slightly too far out of reach, but it will block out the sun. Or it'll be like one of the, you know, when you have the little glass teardrops that you hang in front of the window so yeah. then the light hits it and it refracts. It'll be like that, but it'll be just like um, that horrible curved building that they built that was reflecting the sun and burning cars and stuff. It'll be like that, just burning bits like a fiduciary of disco ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, we can shake that money tree. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's the magic money. Like it, it, it kind of annoyed me way back when the recession happened, and uh, there was that. I don't know whether it was ever actually proved to be true, but the Conservatives put it about well after they won the election, and the uh, Conservative Treasury Ministry fat, like went to the office, oh, and the vacated, note. and there was the note saying there's no money left, and it's like I could see a Blair right doing that. I fucking walk down the street every day mm. in central London. There's you can't fucking move without tripping over dripping wealth. Yeah. There are disgusting levels of wealth in this city. I'll this make, city alone. I'll make a lot of money for the government. They don't even have to pay me. Yeah. I just go around Canary Wharf, go to champagne bars with a burlap sack, and just fill it with the wallets. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got to wet your beak. Oh yeah, I'll have yeah. to wet my beak a little bit. Yeah. Wet your beak a little bit. Yeah. It would justify me getting a blackjack. I've always wanted a blackjack. <laughs> Bring back, because that's the thing. The aristocracy in London, they haven't had a fear of like back alley blackjackings. <laughs> um, They're too safe and secure. 
Well, I mean, that's that is totally part of their um, mm. laughing at the notion of bringing this kind of thing up again, bringing yeah. Keynesian economics. I know it's Keynesian economics was enough for QE to have been going on since what two thousand and nine. Yeah. They spent something like four hundred billion pounds yeah. on quantitative easing, buying toxic assets from yeah. banks and then uh, dissolving them or releasing them. Mm. And it's it always. It always struck me as like, oh, it's it's really, they really, like that bit. really easy to raise money. They really easy. Yeah, they like the. Um, it's that thing of privatizing success and nationalizing yeah. failure. It's the the basis of our trades. And I, our think, power, I, I and think I think um, at some companies. at some point you do have to take that kind of confrontational attitude. You can like I like facts and figures. I like. Um, working out exactly how the capitalist economy economy works because it's the only way to actually think of a way out of it. Yeah. Right? But at some point, you've got to grit your teeth, bare your teeth, and actually face them down and say, go on, move. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see what happens. What's the thing that David if Harvey you, said? If, you, if you're desperate to avoid tax, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens because nobody in the Western world has done it. Was, um, David Harvey said, when he was doing a lot of um, speaking tours after the last collapse, and he was saying that just tax them, hmm. and if they don't give you the money, stop them in the streets. Hmm. It'll be easy enough to stop them. They don't. Yeah. They don't. They're not as hypermobile as they think. No, that's yeah. That's and they're not as hyper. Say, yeah. Yeah. And they're not as hypermobile yeah. as the press likes to pretend. Either. Yeah, it's it's been a threat for thirty or forty years. Hmm. It's the one of the bases of um, neoliberalism as a as an economic yeah, system. Let's their cars system. as they drive as they drop their kids off at Eton. Yeah, we send the debt collectors around. Hmm. You you literally owe that debt. Yeah. I mean, it's for your own good as well because if you if if we if we get the Tories back in, mm. like it can't it can't go down much more. Mm. I keep trying to imagine like as a as a kind of counterpoint to trying to imagine pulling ourselves out of this fucking quagmire that we've got that we've got ourselves in. Mm. Trying to imagine the alternative of Britain after Brexit, what it looks like, and what it looks like as these things properly start to crumble as the the kind of band aids. To all these social services that have gone, to all these kind of local economies that have mm. just had the bottom fallen out of them, what it looks like, and I can't think of any other analogy for a first world country falling quite that quite that far. The closest is maybe I don't know Japan, but they haven't fallen; they've just been in a state of kind of they've been in stasis for yeah, for twenty pretty... years and not make not making any money, not having GDP. Japan does have stories of. Um... Old people dying, and then the family not telling anyone and cashing their checks because yeah. it's the only way to survive. Yeah, um, but I mean, what does Britain look like if it looks like? And no offense to Romania, but Romania—that's the only thing I can war. think of of Soviet bloc. War. Yeah. Like yeah. they'll they'll pick a they'll pick a fight with somebody. They'll yeah. pick a war with somebody, and they'll cover oh, it that like, way. Like um, UKIP said that um that Jeremy Corbyn will um give the Falklands back to Australia. He said. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see Best that. place for them. <laughs> well, I've decided what we should do with um, the Falkland Islands. Yeah. What we should do is we should give the people who live on the Falkland Islands to Argentina, but keep the island. <laughs> yeah. I like the penguins. Um, okay, uh, what else do we have? Uh, Nationalisation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we have the water industry nationalisation. Um, they promise Good. to replace our dysfunctional water system with a network of regional, publicly owned water companies. Like it used to be. Yeah. Oh, there was a horrifying thing I was reading the other day. I didn't read the whole article, but um, it was sometime during the early 80s. Um, a lot of uh, council housing, water and state-owned um, electricity and gas was close to being revenue neutral. 
which meant that it brings in yeah. exactly the right amount of revenue yeah. to keep it running and upgrading. That just means it's a, a before smart it was private. Before it was privatized, oh, it's like um, yeah. It was like when they got rid of Rommel. Yeah, that was literally the Rommel was in surplus, and mm. then they were like, "Let's get rid of it." It made something like seven hundred and fifty million pounds last year. Mm. It's. But yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, yeah, there's the usual thing of like it will cost a lot up front, but you'll have a, a revenue stream to keep it running. And we need it to really just, cost that much. It doesn't cost that much. It's not like in, with regards to like national wealth, mm. it's not that expensive. No. Um, but for quality of life stuff, it's really important. And useful. it has to it has to start somewhere. Mm. It it does have to start somewhere. And I'm willing to to admit that that's like. That's what polit- that's what politics should be about, mm. in that it's competing ideas from different interest groups. It's not some kind of like zero like it's not one big cake that we can somehow not partial out. It's not one system that runs a particular way and we can only argue around the edges. There is space yeah. again with something like this to actually argue about the fundamentals of the way we run those things. Yeah. Um, um I mean the energy thing as well that's that's a good idea like with electricity i think electricity and gas where they're going to start a state competitor Mm. um and just go from there which yeah it will work better because when you take away the profit motive Mm. you can run things cheaper yeah (laughs) like there is no there is no reason why these things can't run And again, I understand within a particular political back and forth and whatever why people would disagree with that. But they should come at them with their arguments rather than trying to undermine the process from the, the fundamental from the very beginning. Mm. I believe it would be a better way of running a an electric like a electrical grid, yeah. the national grid and the Royal Mail and all that kind of stuff. A national grid is well, we don't really have a national grid. Well, it's, because it, everything is so split up. It would be better if it was a national grid. <laughs> um, but it's it's that thing. If there are fundamental... There are certain things that are a fundamental human right. And water and power are some really basic ones. Yeah. It shouldn't be... You shouldn't be at risk of having your water cut off. Yeah. Ever. Hmm. Because also, we're a pretty wet country. Yeah. And um, the reason why a load of our reservoirs are, like, falling apart and stuff and all that kind of shit. And, like, in America, they've been having real bad things because they haven't been, up, they haven't been um, maintained for years yeah. and years and years. But if you had a state one, they maintain them. Mm. And there's, you know, there's plenty yeah. of water. Well, although there was... I mean, there have been drought conditions mm. um, across the South because it's apparently been a very dry spring. Yeah, and it's just, like, the idea of that kind of fucking catastrophe, that, like, literally a biblical drought, if there's a drought, like a biblical a biblical plague. Yeah. The uh, the solution to that is not kind of um, is not private companies running it. No, it's just they're not, not going to fix it because they don't care. They're not going to fix it. Well, they're already asking for um. They're starting to um ask because there's been a drought in the south and there's been uh, proper rain in the north. Hmm. They're talking about as they build HS two, building um pipelines alongside it, it that we would pay for. Which I'd happily do if it was ours. Because we we're paying for it again. Yeah. I don't okay. want to pay for things twice. I mean, like from a hard left perspective, it's. I think it's actually probably better to think of it as, no, 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 we're not bringing it into into state ownership because it's a more efficient way. We're bringing it into state ownership because it's ours. Yeah. You stole it. Yeah. We built it out of our labour, out of our um, our money, our taxes, whatever you want. Hmm. And you took it away and 
creamed it off and sold it back to us and at inflated rates. And ran it terribly. It's, and ran it badly. It's it's ours. It's the people's. Mm. Yeah. And right, droughts in the southeast. There are always going to be droughts in the southeast. Mm. Um, well, if fucking climate change happens, it is going to happen more. Oh, yeah. And I would rather have a fucking a hand on the tiller. Yeah. Rather than leave it to, well, there's been a drought, so what are we going to do about when there's a drought next time? It's like, no, it, it needs, yeah. it needs actually, there are actual problems you need dealing with. Mm. Proper fucking human problems mm. that politics are supposed to solve. And trains, we're going to get trains back. Oh, yeah. Um, so the trains thing. Um, Is that that we, as their contracts run out, huh. we're just going to take them off them? Weirdly enough, they don't mention in this, there was a Guardian Pressy, which I am actually reading from. Mm. Um, doesn't talk about the mechanics of the nationalisation or the positives. It does talk about, the, again, the funding, the costing, how they are going to cost it. We already paid for the trains massively with subsidies. We've yes. ma- paid massively with subsidies. Yeah. Trains are stupid expensive mm-hmm. and trains weren't that bad under British Rail. And also, even if they were that bad under British Rail, it doesn't mean they're going to be that bad now. Yeah. You wouldn't say that about a private company. Yeah. You wouldn't say, like, oh, this private company ran this place to- disgustingly, so therefore we'll never have a private company do it again. Yeah. It's ludicrous. Um, but yeah, I'd like nationalised trains because it's, again, we built it. It's ours. Yeah. Um, they're my train sets. Yeah. There were people talking about how it's an ideological thing of the left and trains don't really benefit the working classes. There was um, someone on the radio. Well, they don't now, do they? Because no. no one can fucking afford them. Yeah. There was a bloke on the radio talking, he's from, um, it was phoning in from, it was phoning in from the Ronda hmm. and he was saying like, oh, we don't have trains really working with any buses. So I was like, hmm. well, yeah, we'll, we'll do that as well then. Hmm. And also, we can we can open up those train lines. There are tra- there are train lines through the valleys, yeah. but a lot of them got shut down. Depending on choosing between a private company, it's not it's not financially viable to run a train line to a place where like a, a couple of hundred people use it a day. Hmm. A f- private company is never going to do that. No, but a state owned a state one will. Because it's again, not- it's, it's 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 about repoliticizing people and saying these. Are, these can be yours again. Yeah, you know if it, it's if you have a if you have a problem now with a bus service um, mm. shutting down. Ostensibly, you can go to the local government or the council or the Department of Transport to complain about it. They will then have to negotiate with a private company in order to give them most likely a subsidy yeah, in order to, to do it, it again. Wouldn't it be better to cut out that you were literally just cutting out a middleman? Also, like um, South Wales, like the nearest city to mm. like the Ronda would probably be. I think it's it's Swansea, mm. and it takes a while to get there by bus. Yeah, so and sometimes it's just not feasible. Yeah, like, it's like not feasible. But I remember when when the Tories got in last time, and they were talking about how oh you can get a bus from Merthyr to Cardiff. Yeah, and it was like it takes a couple of hours, and the first bus leaves at like say like eight in the morning. Mm. So there's no way you could work yeah. feasibly. Hmm. Um, but train lines that are cheap yeah or even where like we can start thinking about those infrastructure solutions again yeah rather than building massive high speed trains between large cities we can actually which probably aren't needed we can actually talk but we can talk Mm. about it 
No, I will defend high. Though we do need the high speed trains between cities because we need more train lines between cities. Mm. And the what are you going to do? You're going to build a, build an old rickety one, or you're going to build a, one of the newer ones? You build yeah, the newer sure, ones. Sure. The, my problem with high speed two is I don't want to build an I don't want to build a really expensive train line that I can't afford to use. Yeah, I don't like um high speed one. I don't think I've ever got high speed one, the one that goes down to my mum's. Uh, I've used it uh, a couple of times. It's about ten pound more expensive and not worth it. Yeah, and that ten pound, like, and you the, shave fifteen the, minutes yeah. off my journey, but like, but it only costs like about how much is the return to Medway from from Victoria? It's like about twenty quid. Uh, no, no, no. It's like thirteen, fourteen pound for a return. Yeah, and so then the high speed is fifteen, maybe, maybe. And so then the high speed is is twenty quid. Yeah, so that's it's yeah. double the price. Yeah, that's fucking dumb. Yeah, that's so dumb. Yeah, whereas if it was just the same price. But it's because, it's because the, the guiding ethos of all of those public infrastructure projects mm. has been trying to get executive travellers. Because executive travellers yeah. know what they're doing, they don't cause a fuss, they're not messy. Yeah. I, I don't mean as in they leave stuff around. I mean, they're on time, they've not got mm. kids in tow, they've not got... They don't want to have... They want to pair it back so that they just have the executive thing they want to all be airports mm. they want to have the the priority lines and the gold seating the premium club they want all that i don't think it's just an aesthetic thing i think it's a basic economic thing is that they'll pay well over the odds to have the biggest luxury yeah the biggest luxury they can and i it's not good for anyone else it's mm. not good for any services that people mm. actually depend on mm. well, it's like a for it, the many, not the few. I mean, yeah. that's their well, literal that um, manifesto, like their slogan. Um, the thing is, like Medway, mm. the way for Medway, the only way Medway's going to survive, short of it getting massive investment into the area and businesses opening yeah. up there, which is unlikely to happen, mm. is to make it as easy to commute into London as possible, because it's not far. But it's so expensive to do that on mm. every day. Mm. And fucking a horrific experience yeah. at that price. Yeah, and it would ease up... Cheap trains would ease up the housing problem in London. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, because there are lots of people I know who live in London who don't like living in London. Yeah. But they do it because I they have, don't want to I travel have, for like I, two I, hours a day. I have my moments. Like, it's... For the, for the amount I'm paying in London um, is twice the amount I was paying in Birmingham but five years ago and admittedly that was five years ago so it's mm. probably not a perfect comparison mm. but much nicer that housing in, cheaper, other, yeah. in, other, in other cities I remember that flat you had in Nottingham was so nice it was so nice yeah But yeah, it was and I was paying was what £500 a month yeah, again a few years ago but mm. I think it stands it stands a comparison it, it's what I mean like in a larger sense about having that breathing space again mm. You, were, I don't think people can put up with more headlines about train fares are going up, trains are terrible, housing prices are going up, houses are getting smaller, there's no thing there. It's like it does start to wear on you after a while. And if people aren't... I think if people don't seize this... This is kind of a bit of a propaganda bit, but I think if people don't seize that now, mm. what replaces Corbyn coming after will be nothing. The yeah. Labour right have no new ideas. Oh, no, and they've... to be frank, the Conservatives don't have any new oh, ideas. No, they've, they've... They anything. are completely bankrupt of ideas. I actually wanted to... The only thing that came out of the Tories... Uh, we'll do the Tories in a minute. Yeah, um, well, but we'll, go, it, through, we'll go through the, the, last the Labour manifesto. So... Um, God, because we've been... Ran, we've been 
basically said how nice his manifesto is. For, yeah. Okay. For so, so some yeah, but some of the, some of the not so good stuff that I don't know. I I don't know what the interior Dickies debates have a have a line about were. how he wants to punch um, a foreigner. An earlier pledge to recruit a thousand extra border guards has been half to five hundred, which you know if again, it's one of those things of like. It's clearly a compromise that was worked out with the Labour right um, mm. over over some kind of thing. But anything that stops this kind of border regime ha- like gaining more power and being more of an influence over over policy and more of a thing is a is a good. I don't know the the more thing, the whole culture the more like, overworked um, board, the figures with border guards is the more overworked border guards are and the lower the barrier of entry to become a border guard mm. the nasty thing oh yeah, yeah. and um absolutely we're going to need more border guards especially since macron wants to uh, move the border from calais to dover mm. so i suppose could, i suppose we're my... going to straight away need a whole lot more to work there but my my whole my whole yeah i suppose my, my my whole thing about it is like it's it's part of a larger kind of swing to kind of just seeing borders as uh, good in themselves and a, a punitive measure for yeah, but you know, for punitive well, upon get, immigrants. Get, yeah, and it, if, it fosters a wider culture of yeah, but reducing border guards isn't going to make the good no, no. That's what I mean. That's, yeah, no, no, I know, but that's that's what I mean by like an earlier like reducing a thousand extra border guards to five hundred. Uh, I don't know. Um, there's also a promise to recruit three thousand firefighters, which is probably again probably a good thing, seeing as they've been That's, closing fire that, stations back and forth. Well, they've they've got rid of significantly more than that in yeah. the last since two thousand ten, so we need a it's bit a more starter. Than that. Um, extra cost of ten thousand police officers, um, three thousand no. more prison officers. <laughs> yes. Um, again, all they talk about in this article is is the cost. How much it will cost? How much it will cost? Where's uh, the you know? Where's the Tories? I remember they said a while ago they were going to make it easy for ex-soldiers to become prison guards and everyone was like that's brilliant even though they the stupid journalists completely ignored the fact that there's nothing stopping ex-soldiers becoming fucking prison guards yeah my cousin was a prison guard and he stopped (laughs) because he just couldn't stay in the hospital anymore because he was one of the um the riot uh, basically the way that prisons are run now is that they've been paired to the bone so much on, re- so much on regular guards mm. that all they do is they wait for a problem to surface and then they just send in the yeah. the right squad mm. um, and he's just like no I'm going to go and be a roofer <laughs> it's fucking easier and I'll earn a lot more money yeah um, uh, do, 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 uh, defence an explicit commitment to NATO added and a section promising a Labour Prime Minister will be extremely cautious before ordering the launch of nuclear weapons has been dropped <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant actually in the draft manifesto all the stuff around um, Corbyn and the military Corbyn, yeah. Corbyn on defence was like one day they were showing him um, a man of blood allied with Hamas and the IRA the next they literally mocked up a thing of him as a hippie yeah and because like, it was all they had a thing. list of all of the um, British deployments um, oh yeah I've got that list yeah that, that he great. had um, that, they, that he had voted for I think he voted for two, which was like East Timor and um, somewhere else. And yeah, he voted for two. Do, 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 do. I really like this because there was... Okay, yeah. So, he was not in favour of um, the conflict in Palestine between 45 and 48. Sure, yeah. He wasn't in favour of... It says here, conflict in Malaya between 48 and 1960. It wasn't really a conflict. It was more of us genociding a people. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we, we they decided there were too many Chinese in Malaya. We well, we committed genocide in Malaya. We yeah. killed. We wiped out an ethnic group. Yeah. Um, Berlin airlift forty eight to forty nine. Yeah. He didn't. Uh, Yangs. The Yangs. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. These are all things way before he was an MP. This, are they saying he? They asked him. They asked him, and if, if if well, they asked him which ones he supported, and because he didn't mention these, because he didn't say he bring the up Berlin ones before. was done before he was born. Yeah, but was it forty nine? It was forty eight and forty nine. So um, Stalin locked off um, after the war. Berlin was divided into east and west, and the west bit was in, would have been a within, within, within the sea <laughs> of East Germany. Yeah, um, was blockaded. Mm. Um, by the Soviets because of some mm. uh, I can't actually remember the, the things around it but in order to supply it with stuff they sent um, uh, planes of supplies yeah. into West Berlin and kept it supplied but he would have been a toddler then is. why wasn't he like in favour of going to war with the Soviet Union when he was a toddler <laughs> <laughs> um, Yangtze what happened in the Yangtze in 1949 apparently 45 people were killed I mean, 1949 would suggest it's against the um, Mao and the yeah. Communist Party, but I actually don't know the details of that. Yeah. I'd have to look um, that up. So was... that'll, be, that'll be at the beginning of the next week's podcast yeah. when I've actually looked up the Yangtze. Incident. He wasn't in favour of the Korean War. Again, I don't quite... Where did... Canal, uh, um, canal Zone between 51 and 54. He wasn't in favour... Yeah, it'll be the Canal Zone around the Suez Canal. He wasn't in favour of the Mao Mao uprising. He wasn't in favour of fighting against it. Um, there's loads here. Cyprus, the Suez Crisis, Arabian Peninsula, Congo, Brunei, Borneo. Yeah, there was a, an uprising, I believe. Yeah, Brunei. there's loads and loads and loads. Um, These are all old empire conflicts. Yeah. Um, more, more stuff in Malay. Um, some stuff in... Oh, they just You can just guarantee that like the male just likes writing it out. Rhodesia. He <laughs> <laughs> um, wasn't in favour of the Falklands. Wasn't in favour okay, of... Okay, those are, these are relevant ones. Okay, wasn't in favour of Gulf War One. No, okay. Wasn't in favour of stuff in Cambodia, or the Bosnian War. He was in favour of um, East Timor. Yeah. Um, he wasn't in favour of um, going into Sierra, Le- um, Sierra Leone, uh-huh. the war in Afghanistan, the Iraq War, mm-hmm. the Libyan Civil War. Um, yeah. He is in favour of... I, I don't know if it's, it's a conflict, the Mediterranean refugee crisis. I mean, it's a conflict if you mean masses of people keep drowning mm. on one side. Mm. But yeah, so he was in favour of military action in East Timor, military action to help the refugees. I think it's. I think that's more exposing the kind of biases and prejudices of the people who put together that list that they can what they consider military actions mm. that they eventually consider. Oh, we'll finally go into the Mediterranean. Thing is, how sort many, out all those refugees in the boats. How many MPs are you going to find who are going to say? Yeah, we should have killed every every single one of the Mau Mau. <laughs> uh, well, you'd probably find a couple. <laughs> find quite a few Tories. Yeah, but... But, seriously. <laughs> and how many people are still that upset about the Suez Crisis, really? <laughs> we... <laughs> Our five-part series, as we follow MPs during a critical vote on the <laughs> Mau Mau emergency, <laughs> shows them outside a war memorial looking up, and then <laughs> the last stand plays. <laughs> and they go, yeah, we should bomb Libya. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so he's so they took... So, so originally the draft had a... Um, and he actually said it, that he would be... He just said, simply, I would be extremely cautious before ending the world. That's why I split from him and joined with the Poseidon. <laughs> no caution there. <laughs> um, the aliens will save me. 
elsewhere. A late section on cybersecurity appears to have been added after the cyber attack that hit the NHS. Sure. Security and counterterrorism, a new section has been added to the manifesto, promising that the security agencies will get the resources they need, but Labour will also ensure their powers do not weaken individual or civil liberties. Judicial oversight when the powers are used. Um, free childcare and early years support, a £5.3 billion package, including extending 33 hours of childcare to all two-year-olds, moving towards making some childcare available for one-year-olds, and extending maternity pay to 12 months. All good. Yeah. Another big thing that that does get overlooked and always is hedged at the hedged at the margins, but childcare mm. for, childcare for working sure. parents is a fucking massive, massive um, drain. It's yeah, it's, it's it's one of the main reasons why Holly's was able to yeah do so well in her career is because I was all, I've always been here to look after the kid. Yeah. It would well, have cost I, us a I lot mean, of money. I remember when I was a kid and my mum had to work. Um, my dad was at work anyway, and my mum had to work, and we would get dropped off with like family friend, you know, mm. who didn't get her childcare certificate until several years later. But it was like for yeah. a, a nominal fee. It was her job, mm. and she got paid for it. But it was a reasonable amount. Mm. I don't know that. I mean, I've got two brothers. And, uh, I've got a brother and sister. So three of us, childcare, would have we been able to afford mm. to go to university had that been paid had that been as uh, paid as it is now yeah you you know go to those things i i don't think yeah it's a it's a it's a good good thing um ending the freeze on welfare benefits that was a kind of late thing today because they um yeah they haven't been able to they haven't got a proper line on it yet they haven't been able to go they haven't said that they'll go back on everything that the Tories have done to welfare stuff Mm. but to be honest they've got a lot of stuff to do first Mm. um and There's a huge amount of stuff, and I do. I actually it... trust his his side, as it were. Yeah. To and actually, to be honest, that. a lot of the stuff. There's a they'll, they'll say like, oh, they're not. You know, they're not going back on a lot of the Tory benefit cuts. But mm. there's a lot of things where, if there's a state energy provider and a state water provider that that cuts their bills. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's a good manifesto. Should we go on it's, to the Tories? It's um, pretty, pretty good. And what the um, Tories have been Yeah, the Tories, um, the one thing I've got this 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 week, um, aside from Theresa May slowly fucking up, there's been no big fuck up yet. No, she... But, um, although she got she, hassled in the street and it would have been, if it had happened to Jeremy Corbyn, it yeah. would have been treated like um, when that old racist woman had a go at Gordon Brown and then he yeah. said that she was a bigot. Because yeah. she was a bigot. Yeah. Um, well, the fucking dumb thing. All the liberal liberal journalists, um, really, all the kind of centrist journalists, they they fucking worship the thick of it. They worship the West mm. Wing and the thick of it as like perfect political satire because they're cool, calm observers mm. sitting outside with a wry eyebrow arched up, mm. looking at the oh the week's events. And all political comics are like that as well. Mm. Apparently, um, nobody pointed out that that scene where Theresa May's getting hassled is exactly the scene from the thick of it where mm. um, Hugh Abbott gets hassled by that woman mm. where she's like, I want to... Do you know what it's like to mop up your own mother's piss? <laughs> and it's like, it's literally that. Yeah. That literally happened to her and not a single kind of comparison made, not no. a single mention made. I mean, it only happened a couple of days ago. Maybe the articles are... Maybe they're writing the articles. Know, they seem to have all those articles prepared for Labour, but not for when it happens to the They're Tories. too busy writing part two and part three of the longest suicide note in history. <laughs> yeah. 
They're going to put on a musical about it. Yeah. Um, the only thing that came out this week was kind of um, some stuff on social care. Um, protection for all workers' rights currently guaranteed by EU law. The Conservatives will guarantee all rights that workers currently enjoy as we leave the European Union. All those fruit pickers that sleep in sheds in <laughs> Norfolk, you're safe. Don't worry. <laughs> Things won't get any worse right now. I know the gangmaster won't give you your passport anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a commitment to increase the national living wage in line with median earnings until the end of the next parliament in 2022, which is mm. not enough to keep up with the increased inflation figures no. that came out today. Inflation's up to, I think, 2.3%. I don't think you understand those inflation figures. They went up because of Easter. They said it was because of Easter. <laughs> Because Easter's one of the... It's one of those things. It just comes willy-nilly. You don't get to plan for it. Yeah. Who could have predicted Easter? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was the thing about... Um, I was really... The, yeah. the, they're going to be really nice, mm. the Tories. And I was explaining to my dad this, that if he dements mm. and he needs me to look after him... This was the big one that everybody yeah, um, pointed the, out, wasn't it? Yeah. That if my dad demotes and he needs me to look after him, I can take a year off work without any money well, that's to it. look after him. That's it. Jeremy Corbyn's done. Yep. Jeremy Corbyn's done. She has fully... <laughs> she's a genius political operator. She has fully parked her tanks on his lawn. Yeah. And now he can't... He'll never win the working class vote after a pledge that you cannot get paid to look <laughs> after your sick relatives because nobody but, else can. Just for a year, and how many how many employers are going to how save many, your job for a year? How many illnesses? Like, they don't like doing it. They don't like doing uh, it for fucking kid. For how, like, if you're pregnant, how many long term illnesses last for a year? I mean, really? No, they're, they're fine. <laughs> we just mean to you know, I'd look after my dad for a year, and then at the last, if he's still alive towards the end, then I just have to smother him. <laughs> <laughs> you joke? Yeah. I mean, that's something like thirty thousand people died yeah. since. Mm. The new since they've been cutting disability benefit and carers yeah, allowance. Carers allowance is about I think sixty two pound mm. per week. Yeah. No. Again, presenting this choice in stark contrast, it's kind of kind of one of the things I wish Corbyn would be a little less polite about. It's like you can vote for me, and uh, there might be a current a run on the currency, but also you can vote for Theresa May, and there's probably a chance there'll be a run on the currency. Oh, and by the way, you'll start dying off real quick. <laughs> You'll be dying of starvation, then you'll smother your dying parents. <laughs> Desperate for the inheritance. It's so <laughs> difficult. Drowning in substantial debt that only exists on a computer, or drowning blood. It's, <laughs> oh, politics is so complicated. It is, it's so complicated. <laughs> but yeah, the stories have done fuck all. They've just been... So, although um, Michael t- Fallon did get um, told off mm. on Sunday Politics. Yeah. Yeah, do you see that? Um, Emily Formbury... Um, he was bringing yeah. up, oh, Jeremy Corbyn's support of the IRA. Like he was a fucking bomb maker or something. Yeah. Um, and she just brought up the fact that he went to a party celebrating the re-election of Assad. <laughs> and he was like, and she was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, criticise you for that. <laughs> it's it's hard to, rec- it's hard to like kind of recognise a site. So he went to a party... Celebrating the re-election of Assad in... 2007 or something. So that was when Assad was kind of getting a bit more neoliberal and kind of bringing, hit, bringing the Syrian economy... Back when everyone loved him. Well, it's, it's, I say it, everybody. Well, because they, they, they were trying to do a Gaddafi on him. Yeah. 
So, I mean, they're trying to still do a Gaddafi on him. They're doing a different kind of Gaddafi on him now. <laughs> well, they're doing it's somewhat similar in that Gaddafi, you know, he goes to London and Tony Blair says, ah, we've made peace. Mm. I didn't realise we were at war, but no. there we go. And they kind of started bringing him into the neoliberal fold, which is code for he started selling us oil again. Yeah. He started giving us preferential rates for oil. Um, and Assad was doing a similar thing, so I can only guess it was something to do mm. with them trying to rehabilitate him into the world economy, into into the imperial system. Mm. Which, you know, hasn't hasn't gone... <laughs> well, actually, it's gone exactly the same way as Libya, but... You yeah. Know. Um, yeah, there was something... There was a compa- there was another Ruth, a sweet Ruth Davidson tweet about um, uh, saying Corbyn uh, was just... Uh, was just like hoping for peace is an insult to everyone who's worn the uniform. She's never worn a uniform, except yeah. for maybe a comedy uniform made it made it extra 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 large. <laughs> oh, a fat joke! Oh, I hate her though. <laughs> I hate her so much. It's because she's got no hope. Like, yeah, if, so if, if, if the Scots I, I, the are voting SNP, I actually they're, worry they're because going back she's to Labour. bringing up IRA stuff in a desperate attempt to, oh. I assume, get Rangers voters. Yeah, um, and she's. Playing with matches covered in petrol, and she, that it's, it will cause it could cause problems that they're not equipped to deal with. Yeah, and yeah, oh, I, I hate Scottish Tories are really weird. Yeah, they're old ones. I'd, uh, what was well, there was one that oh yeah, this the the on this the social the Tory social care proposals. This one got me really annoyed. Representation for workers on company boards under the Conservatives' wider reforms to corporate oh, no, government. Um, governance. No, they um they they went back on that like two, a day or two yeah. after that. I read the report because it made me really really annoyed. It's like how dare you drape yeah. yourself in Soviet clothing? Yeah. It's disgusting. No, but they've already gone back on that. Yeah, because of course no Conservative supporter. No high, like uh, top business conservative supporter in their right mind mm. is going to ever go for that, no. and it's literally it's it's just a sop. Yeah. There was no way anything like that. You're gonna let you're gonna let workers kind of vote a workers on shareholders boards. No, I don't. Somehow I don't believe that the Tories are going to bring in the Petrograd Soviet. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's. Yeah, that just made me really, really annoyed. <laughs> well, yeah, they've done fuck all, and I've, they've been delaying their release of their uh, manifesto. They've yeah. delayed it three times so far. Yeah, I mean, and they if, wanna, if, they... if Corbyn had done that, we wouldn't be hearing the end of it. Yeah, yeah. But that's just the way it goes now. They want to come out. They want to come out second so that they can respond specifically to things. And I mean, I imagine next week we'll have some more to say on the on the Tory proposals, yeah. but. It's gonna be. It's gonna be so bland. It's gonna be bland because it's, it's gonna be nothing. The only thing they're gonna offer you is righteous fury at people who are worse off than you. Yeah, and that's all the toys. It's one of the interesting things about like I was reading today. It's like they don't. We've been talking about centrists a lot, and mm. we've been talking about kind of those who describe like centrists who describe themselves on the left mm. as on the left. You know, I'm I'm liberal. Mm. I'm a progressive. I'm a lefty. Whatever. Um, I don't think we've talked enough about centrists on the right mm. and that they have the exact same paucity of ideas. Yeah. They don't have anything left no. in the tank. Well, you've seen already um, who Macron has decided to be as Prime Minister. Who? He's a member of the Republican Party. Hmm. Of course he is. He's just got, it's like, just, it's, it's a, your supposed liberal heart for all France. Yeah. Well, even then, the people in France didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's it's interesting if Corbyn... Hope against hope that Corbyn does get in um, and form a government. 
Going the up, Tories are, yeah, they, they are going up. Not as fast as I would like. I mean, I don't know how. One they... of the polls has the Tories 14% ahead and the poll that has the Tories furthest away is like at 20. Yeah. Before it, at the start, I mean, it was at 34 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, he's narrowed he's narrowed the gap. But like, suppose he does form a, a thing. Bear in mind, this is like a historic opportunity that the Tories are not the all-conquering. The Tories always seem impressive when they're in power. Yeah. Out of power, they are not... They don't have a grassroots that will get out there for no. them like Labour. No. Ideally, a Labour victory, would, election, electoral victory, would be the beginning of actually something wider. As as I've talked about before, mm. something more grassroots, something mm. where if the state can't provide services for people, then an actual movement could. Mm. But the Tories don't like have the any. <laughs> Yes, I do model myself on Stokely Carmichael. <laughs> Stokely Carmichael with the Black Panthers? He was around there. Just, mainly because you'd like to wear blackface. It's true. I like, I like black turtlenecks, <laughs> mainly. I'm just a massive fan of black turtlenecks. <laughs> I want to make it see him make a comeback. Um, yeah, the Tories, uh, I, I think they have not focused enough on how weak the Tories are. Yeah, Their hard right is too, too hard. Yeah. In a way that the Labour hard left is not. They can call them right. hard left all they want. But no, really the not. fact that we're like consider ourselves hard left, but we're quite enthusiastic about this very, very moderate mm. social democratic Labour manifesto is kind of telling. Their hard right are fucking in space. They are mm. they're gone because they've just got back from UKIP. They're still on holiday, mm. they've forgotten how to write, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. They've forgotten how to do stuff. Yeah. They're they're weak. They are weak mm. in themselves. And, you know, I think so far the proposals that have leaked out from the Tory party have fucking shown that. Mm, they've got nothing. They've and I think it was because she called this election thinking that it was going to just be a piece of piss, mm. just roll over Corbyn because everybody hates him and thinks yeah. he's incompetent mm. and not realising that maybe some people like some of his ideas. Yeah. And that also you could, I mean, it, there hasn't been enough time, but you could start to fashion something other than just, I like this, I like this one man mm. who's at the head of it. Who knows? So maybe the Tories will come out with something in the next couple of days. Yeah. Probably, you know, council tax on tree houses. Yeah. Something along those lines. Council taxes in your privatised forests. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Lib Dems. Lib, Lib Dems, Dems have been good. Well, I, I've, I've only seen one thing from the Lib Dems this week. Oh, what's that? Which was this beautiful poster. Um, it's a picture of Jeremy Corbyn uh, putting his thumb, th- giving a thumbs up outside number 10. In many parts of the country, the Conservatives haven't won in years. Voting Conservative risks Britain getting Prime Minister Corbyn. But the Lib Dems can stop Labour winning. <laughs> what? I'm surprised they didn't That's call... That's like, it's tactical voting gone insane. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't refer to him as First Citizen Corbyn or something like that. <laughs> but this is a bold electoral strategy. Mm. Vote for May, get Corbyn. <laughs> Which... <laughs> yeah. Well, it shows that they're afraid. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, said a bit last week, but they've definitely come out and said it, that they're going to legalise weed. Okay. Which, as you said, will mean yeah. that if they get into power, they're going to have... It was as soon as I as soon as soon I heard that, it's like, uh, the Lib Dems today have proposed uh, the legalisation of cannabis. All I hear is, we're tripling sentences for people caught with cannabis. Yeah. Like, it's, it's that simple. Talk about not believing what they say. I believe yeah. the exact opposite of what they say. Yeah. Because I'm not... I've not been wrong yeah. so far. Well, they um, it was weird because you get it on the radio quite a lot. Whenever like the legalization question comes up, you hear people people phone in, yeah. And you know you have you have some people with 
sad stories mm. of a relative who lost their mind or something like that. And there's a lot um, I've read about it. There's, there is quite a high correlation of people with um, people having, like people who have mental breakdowns yeah. and stuff and smoke weed. Mm. That people, there is a thing of the people who have a predilection towards mental illness yeah. tend to be the ones who take illegal drugs anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a kind of skewed sample yeah. right from the get-go. But anyway, Causation a, isn't clear. Yeah. yeah. But there was a great bloke who phoned up um, Nick Ferrari mm-hmm. and talked about how it ruined his son's life. Mm-hmm. Completely destroyed his life. Yeah. And Nick Ferrari straight away starts talking in really somber tone. Oh, like, oh yeah, my God, yeah. what happened to him? What happened? His it's serious like, oh, interview just, was, like, yeah. oh, does he not work? Or no, he doesn't work now. He's one of those, you know, those wastrels. He does nothing. He does nothing. He's one of those protesters He's far left. Like he'd been poisoned by the demon weed. In many ways, it is a poison. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, I think it's like, it's, it's like the, um, shit, the um, Franco. Yeah. The Franco thing of like, um, vegetarianism is a symptom of left-wing thought. Yeah. And he was kind of right. <laughs> um, and the same with like weed. Kind of right. I met a couple of really hardcore nasty piece of work who smoke a lot of weed but in general they tend to be kind of chill <laughs> I don't I don't have a particular it's like kind of it's the it's the religion thing for me it's one of those things that people get really into if they're not into if they, if they don't get into the kind of nuts and bolts of politics mm. or develop an interest in, the, in that er, arena they t- tend to get into really into like weed culture and legalising mm. weed or they get really into being atheists because mm. it's kind of an easy opt-out isn't yeah. it it's like yeah this thing is harmless and religion can be really harmful but mm. also if you think that that's the main determining factor of yeah. the world it's fucking stupid there's um the thing is with regards to legalising weed and it should be on the cards definitely because mm. recently especially in London definitely in this country we've had a really good example of what Prohibition does. Yeah. That is what Spice has has become now. Yeah, I saw some stuff on Spice. Spice is fucking crazy. Yeah, well, Spice used to be used to be legal, and yeah. it was sold in a number of different strengths. Yeah. And even when it was legal, people weren't too... Lot, most people weren't too keen on the really high-strength one. It was really, really horrible. Because um, I saw some report from Manchester, which was like, you just see them. They're just standing there, locked in place. It's like, yeah. that sounds like a great time. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've... Um, it smells kind of like chocolatey, dirty chocolatey yeah, tobacco. Yeah. And I have seen an awful lot of homeless people who've like shit themselves, pissed yeah, themselves yeah. and like that. And they reek of the stuff. And it's because since they've made it illegal, the only stuff you can get now is the strongest kind. And it's, you know, it's, it's just cheap and nasty and it's they it's just it's significantly worse Mm. like prohibition always does prohibition doesn't work and on the other hand you've also got it's been legal in colorado for a while now yeah and working yeah yeah Yeah. has and um working just roughly on estimates of usage in this country it was they were saying that the industry could be worth around 80 billion a year (laughs) fucking hell um because also uh, people smoke a lot of weed in Britain. Yeah. Well, you a need lot. to. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Pretty grim here. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's a silly thing to criminalise. It's a, it's, a, it's a totem, isn't it? Because, again, it's, it's, we can hedge around the edges of legalisation or something, but actually the problem that people describe as very complex can actually have a simple solution mm. 
that also doesn't involve like the state anywhere near as mm. much. Like anti-state people are always very strong on kind of prohibitive measures of things like smoking like legalization and smoking in pubs. Well, yeah, to a certain extent, they're always very strong on that. Yeah. Um, ostensibly libertarian kind of. Uh, yeah, we don't really night have watchmen, any libertarians in this country. Night watchman state people. They they are they're much more in the background now. Yeah. Like they are in the Tory party, but. Getting absorbed into the Tory party means you have to take some of that like mm. law enforcement stuff, like, like tough on law and order, into account. But we, with with prohibition, they it's their totem because they think that if you can think about something a different way, you, if you can think about weed legalization a different way, then you can think about everything else. And it's become such a well. This country is the only one now that doesn't accept that there's any medicinal properties to mm. cannabis at all. Mm. Um, I think they might have. Slightly conceded its use for one thing specifically. Was but it glaucoma? I, I remember know, I had a friend who had other. medicinal. Yeah, it would have been something. something for. But um, or maybe it was actually probably basically we're yeah. in like in a lot of things we're massively behind everybody. Yeah, yeah. and it's because of weirdos like like Theresa May who've yeah. just got this fundamental dislike of this specific drug. Yeah. when like well she injects insulin all the fucking time. <laughs> like a weakling <laughs> because of a failing pancreas but um, yeah the Lib Dems that's what they've offered yeah. and also I saw another advert for them today where they're talking about how they were the only party that could possibly stand up to the Tories <laughs> it's like yep like the last time you stood up to the Tories there's a load there's, there's a load of stuff about that about uh, people who don't like uh, Corbyn and Labour coming out for the Lib Dems like really strongly and some of them are doing it because of their fucking Brexit madness. Mm. But a lot of them are doing it and saying, oh, well, they're the real opposition. And it's like... You, They've never you, been in opposition. But, but, I mean, if you're judging it in kind of like the policy, politics, Westminster bubble way mm. of looking at numbers and looking at influence and looking mm. at all that kind of thing. If Jeremy Corbyn's not a credible leader because of how much he's going to lose, how much less credible are the Lib Dems yeah. because of how much they're going to lose? And they've already lost. They could double their things and not come anywhere near no. a bad Labour result. Yeah. It's fucking mental. Yeah, they're just they're the worst. They're, they're just unbearable. And it's you're right yeah. with um, it's like they can if they even if they went into power with the with um the Tories they're not going to legalise weed. No, they specifically will not. It will be the same thing again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fucking worst. God, I mean, I can you imagine, I mean, the kind of... The, be- the beautiful chaos, chaotic scenario is that Corbyn loses but increases the number of seats hmm. and we go back to a Tory Lib Dem coalition. <laughs> can you imagine... Can you imagine that for five years? Hey, everybody, we're not going to legalise weed, but we are going to legalise smothering your dying relatives. <laughs> it's a kind of high. <laughs> the high of watching the life drain from your mother's eyes. <laughs> yeah, so that's the week with those the main parties. Although yeah. there was um, a couple of funny things I did see. James Dellingpole doesn't understand how to use Twitter and search for... He, it looks like he was trying to type into Google um, pictures of dogs fucking... <laughs> but he, typed, he just tweeted it out. And I'm not saying that James Dellenpole likes to fuck dogs, but I am going to say that UKIP supporters were the ones who were shown to be most in favour of legalising dog fucking. <laughs> now, in support of James Dellenpole, yes. um, he was only researching that because the heat from their loins could provide an alternative energy source <laughs> that finally the climate change lobby won't be able to fucking shut down. 
Maybe he was just researching a pamphlet like um, Pete Townsend. <laughs> he was researching a book. Yeah. Because he was fucked by a dog when he was younger. <laughs> Where's the book, James? Where's the book? But, um, yeah, that's the week. And that's the, the week. But we, okay, you said I something did, about I uh, have... something on the radio. I told you it was that, that crazy man oh, who that convinced, the crazy that, um, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. convinced okay. that weed makes you insane and makes you protest. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, not really. <laughs> it's just sit around. Um, but yeah, the other thing, we, I don't have a thing to make you forget your troubles. Oh. Yeah. Do I have to live with my troubles for another week? You do. Oh. But we did have... So many. We did have that amazing example of European togetherness that we both watched. Eurovision. Fortress Europe. Oh, <laughs> no, <right. laughs> Yes. Eurovision. Ah, uh, Eurovision. Um, I ended up, I didn't watch it live. Uh, my girlfriend uh, forced me to watch it um, on the Sunday. Hmm. So it did mean I could cut out all the extraneous stuff, but then that's kind of part of it. But I just looked at the iPlayer thing, and it was like 220 minutes. Yeah. I, I, always watch all, I always watch Eurovision. Yeah, I, I, Eurovision. I liked watching Eurovision, but it was a pretty weak year this year, actually. Um, I felt. Well, they're all radical centrists. They're all, they're all actually making, <laughs> they're all making competent pop songs, and there's nothing fun in a competent pop song. I don't yeah. want that. I want those weird Polish butter churners. <laughs> I want Moldovan punks on unicycles. I want weird. <laughs> I want weird and I want to sneer at weirdo Europeans. <laughs> it's the stifling, upsetting bureaucracy of the European project. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but um, it was kind of... I did really enjoy the fact that we did we did all right in the voting with regards to... The judges, yeah, like the proper music people that, yeah. for each country. But then when it came to the popular vote, nobody likes us. Well, yeah, because it's almost as if uh, the judges are judging based on an almost entirely English-speaking pop man- mm. machinery, mm. machinery of pop culture. Yeah, and uh, everyone else just votes on who they hate the least. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, now my favourite one was um, I would like. I don't like the ones that are too zany because the other thing with zany Eurovi- Eurovision things is that it's become too knowing. Mm. Like the camp appeal mm. of Eurovision was that these crazy foreigners didn't know that what they were doing was utterly insane. They just yeah. thought it was like no different from a circus yeah. <laughs> or a rodeo, which was glorious. Yeah, It's a little bit too knowing when you do a zany one and there aren't mm. too many zany ones, but I did like the um, the Hungarian one. I actually thought that was a good song. Mainly because he had like a milk churn that he was patting. He had like a well, he was a he's a Hungarian uh, gypsy, and um, he was patting a kind of a milk yeah a milk a milk jug. Um, but it was also it was part of that kind of um, I always I always think it's a better pop song because it has the kind of um, like weird pseudo rapping and ethnic beats <laughs> of any piece of pop music going from the south coast of Spain <laughs> swinging all the way all the way around to Bangladesh <laughs> they're all the same kind of songs and they're all like good but there are like millions of them and i think there should be more of that <laughs> there's one ethnic instrument in it usually like a kind of con- on a, yeah. played on a carnatic scale or something <laughs> it's 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 always the best song it's always the most rhythmic <laughs> rhythmically pleasing song i was really disappointed that the one i really liked Mm. Um, mm. Did turn out to be done by Croatia's yeah, premier homophobe. You texted me on um, Saturday night saying, yeah. "Oh, I voted for the Croatian opera singer who's got the two different voices." Who's singing to himself? And immediately sent you a thing saying, "Yeah, he's been voted Croatia's." Uh, he was nominated the, for he was, homophobe of the I decade. He, I think he won. 
No, he was just nominated oh, was he for just homophobe nominated? of the decade. <laughs> Which shows how many um, homophobes there are in Croatia. <laughs> because he seems pretty horrible. But I was pretty disappointed with that. But also, he seems like a self-hating gay. He seems so... Because he was like... He was wearing a suit that was half tuxedo, half biker jacket. And in his little green room thing, it was all men. <laughs> <laughs> he's so fat, he's trying to be all the village people. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he literally was... But um, one of the good things with Eurovision is watching right-wingers' response to it on Twitter. Oh, God. Um, Ian Dale complaining about Ireland giving points to Germany. Just like they did in World War II. To be fair, they gave them six points in World War II. (laughs) But, and um, there was... um, There was a Tory councillor who said something... I'm going to have to look it up. Was it the Neil Harrington tweet? Yeah, and then people just quickly had a look at some of the other delightful things he said, and he seems to have, like, form for being (laughs) an obnoxious prick. Um, Oh, here, what he said about Arwan, the um, the young Welsh girl. Yeah. Lucy Jones, yummy. If I wasn't married, of course, a ten dicks points. Why does... points. Lovely hair. Passion. Why, why... Right, all of the very small town racists who end up getting on councils, the Tory councillors, why do they always have disgusting sexual dysfunction to go along with their racial dysfunction? Yep. I do not understand it. They're racial animus motivated by something. Oh, here it is. Eurovision 2017. Thanks, Ireland. You can keep your fucking gypsies. Hard border coming, folks. So you can't be... <laughs> Posits the notion of an armed border between North South, North Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. It'll never work. <laughs> because of your... Such a fucking dickhead. But um, then, like, when people went for his Twitter, you found all kinds of delightful things. Like, yeah. um, um, what was it? His scarecrow at some local town thing. Yeah. And he did, a like, a golly walk. Let's have a look. Oh, it's fucking um, uh, what's his name? The long distance runner from uh, East London. Um, no, it's a woman. It's supposed to be a it? woman. That blackface thing. It's got a bra. He put a bra on a scarecrow, and he's giving it pigtails. Um, no, but like it's holding. So you can't see it's obviously audio. But so it's a, a large kind of blackfaced um, gollywog scarecrow. It's got big red lips with um, the British Athletics uh, track uniform on. And with the big shorts and a bra, and with the big uh, Union Jack yeah. holding it out, it's a fringe Union Jack as well. Of course, he had a fringe Union Jack. <laughs> he said um, it looked like Christine Ohurugu. Ohurugu, yeah, yeah, know no, I know, is. I know who you mean. Yeah, okay, it's, uh, it's got again pink bows in its pigtails. Again, it. I'm going to say it's, it because it's a it's a vile monster. Yeah, because it's the it, again it's the sexual dysfunction of yeah. the small town racist. Oh, it's just. They love them, but they hate them so much. Oh, they're just so weird. But, um, yeah, Eurovision was kind of shitty. Mm. Um, I like um, Graham Norton's commentary on it, though. Cause yeah, it's always, it's always fun. It's it, that weird thing of... I, I like the fact that Britain has given up on trying. Yeah. Because for a few years, they were trying everything. Mm. I was just looking up former Eurovision uh, entrants from Britain and going back to kind of Scooch, where Scooch tried to do that whole... Um, they tried to do the super camp, super bizarre mm. thing, but they can't do it because they they overshot it. They overshot the landing. Yeah. 
Um, and then they tried like serious ones, like, no, we're going to get really good singers. We're going to have a, a reality show. We can probably squeeze another six weeks of telly out of the generation yeah. if we put on a reality show before it. Yeah. Um, and I just like the fact that they've just gone back to uh, this this person. Uh, it's fine. It's... <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> they've tried everything. They've tried every possible avenue into it. Because there is no, there's no real... Um, uh, like logic to it. There's no. I don't think no. there's like a winning. Fo- you can't math your way into it. No. Well, actually, the one that won there are proves stats, that there are stats on it. There are yeah. stats on how you win. Well, the one that won but proves that there isn't really a. He felt like a bit of a sympathy vote. I'll be honest, because he had he was uh, the Portuguese entrant. He had um he has a heart condition. Yeah, he, he does. And he fainted a few times during rehearsals, and he played with his kind of. He's, he had his hands clasped to his chest, and it was all super emotional and it's super... It's like a vile, jazzy song that made yeah. you want to burn Europe to the ground. <laughs> Maybe you want us to go to war with our oldest ally, Portugal. <laughs> I don't care that you gave us batter. <laughs> you gave us battered fish and port, <laughs> and yet still. But, um, yeah, Eurovision was a bit... Mm. Um, but, yeah, watching... Just, Russia wasn't in it, were they? No, they were not. Because it was held in Ukraine. Yep. Or East Russia. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch any of the um, uh, like the gump surrounding it, but I don't know. I'm a bit suspicious of uh, what kind of thing they would put on. Um, there was a lot about togetherness that, and yeah, it was it celebrate diversity in a country that has actual Nazis in its government. <laughs> yeah, um, there was a lot of that, um, an awful lot of that, a lot of celebrate diversity with an incredibly white selection of people and to, to be fair it is Europe like I I, yeah. I do understand yeah like, but they're like clapping themselves it, on the back like, because yeah, they let clap- a gypsy in <laughs> it just seems like a really weird thing to to do is to try and diversity wash themselves I just think to make Eurovision better because mm. you know they left like Australia in and stuff now so just yeah. have everybody in it have because everybody in the finals and have it be like have six every hours single, long every single country yeah I want it to go on for ages and also, I want to see Korea's entrance. North Korea's. I want to see the votes that North Korea and South Korea give each other. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, s- that's perfect. If Australia's in it, I don't see... North Korea and South Korea. Yeah. yeah. I want to see... Definitely. I want to see um, geopolitical hate expressed through points and yeah. badly dressed people standing in front of green screens that show off their city. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the ultimate hope of um, most liberal centrists, that eventually all war will be abolished and <laughs> confined within the yearly Eurovision. <laughs> It'll be like rollable. <laughs> it would get progressively. We have right. abolished violence. <laughs> now, only dance. <laughs> Actually, I'd be in favour of rollable. I loved rollable. Rollable's so cool. Although rollable's all a capitalist nightmare. It's the, it's the it's capitalist distraction, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah. Rather than like the purge style thing of channeling humanity's innate violence into um, one single night or one single activity. Well, it, um, it is about in Rodable, It is about channeling their hate. They're channeling their hate and their aggression into a sport where it's been specifically designed to make sure that there can be, can be no stars. Mm. But um, James Khan. James Khan is too much, too good at this impossible sport of <laughs> roller skating, American football, motorbiking, and punching. <laughs> it's the best sport. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to try and petition to have that instead of Eurovision. Or maybe, like, at next Eurovision, instead of sending a singer, we just send a rollable team. <laughs> because Britain got talent, everyone sends their best dogs. <laughs> that would be so good. I would pay so much money to go and watch that. The Eurodogs. 
Just the best dancing dogs of each country. <laughs> yes. Russia dresses up a bear as a dog, gets disqualified, <laughs> doesn't enter the next year. <laughs> Refuses. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be in favour of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so, that's our show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next week, instead of talking about Eurovision, I'll probably be talking <clears throat> about the best of the Super Juniors. I'll be honest, yeah. <laughs> Starting tomorrow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Who'd you fancy? I fancy Takahashi. Fancy Takahashi. Or Kushida. He needs a nice little build. I do like Kushida. He is very, very good. Mm, but, but I love Takahashi. I love the way know. he just throws it. I love Takahashi. He just looks like he wants to die all the time. <laughs> He's one of my favourite wrestlers at the moment. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as usual, um, subscribe to us on iTunes or follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast on Twitter. You can follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing yeah. and me at BM Bergamo on Twitter. Cool. So that's it for this week. Hopefully we'll have a Tory manifesto next week. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. We'll have a Tory manifesto. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Since they amputated my food.